I mean, look, even Nicholas just said like a hundred times, Tiger's the best that I've ever seen. Would you all just leave me alone? <laughs> Stop trying to Let me up. suffer. Like, I just want to be miserable. Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Players Only Podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. We are the best place to catch up on golf from around the world, including the golf of your favorite big players, Ben, Josh, Tyler, Tully, Colin, and Kenny Oneput. We will kick things off talking about the Mexico Open from this past week. John Rahm and Tony Finau really showing up. Tony Finau getting the better of the world number one this weekend. We had Akshay Batia and Brandon Wu in the final groupings as well. Lots to talk about there. We had a good week on Live, Live Singapore, a good playoff with Sergio Garcia and Taylor Gooch. And then coming up this week, the PGA Tour is back to its elevated schedule with the Wells Fargo Championship down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Of course, we know well, hosted the President's Cup last fall. We'll talk about what we're looking forward to this week, things about the course, and then the players we're looking out for as well. And then to wrap things up, we will get Tully's rankings for our upcoming golf trip. We got us six guys and 10 of our closest friends. Tully will put guys in groups that will make you laugh as well as ranking the players from best to worst. We're looking forward to a great week. Thanks, everyone, for being here. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram and follow us at Big Players Only Pod and check out our Facebook group, the Big Players Only Facebook page. Thanks again for being here. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We are back. Another week of the PGA Tour where we didn't have an amazing field, but it ended up being a great finish, right? We had the Vedanta Mexico Open. We knew that John Rahm and Tony Finau going in were like the co-favorites, and then outside of them, the field wasn't super talented, uh, but they really showed up on Sunday. Tony and and John Rahm finishing one and two with Akshay Bhatia coming in in the final group, and then Brandon Wu kind of having a good showing, so some guys that we noted. Uh, that back nine was fun. I mean, Tony kind of is setting himself up to be like this easy course slayer. Like all of these courses at places that he's won his score, his average score is like over 20 under par. So when the birdies are being made, Tony's always at the top of the leaderboard. We'll see if that kind of translates into major championship golf. Like Tony's resume over the past 12 months has become pretty impressive. He's got something like six wins. So he's someone that has to be in the conversation, but we kind of need to see him show up in these majors a little bit. Did you guys watch any of the coverage and uh, any comments from the tournament? Yeah, I watched the back nine on Sunday. Kind of going into it, if you kind of looking at the field, you had to realize that it was going to come down to Tony and Rom in the end. Like those were the two big names; those are the two that were successful there last year. Once again, successful again this year. I actually thought the course presented itself pretty well. Um, it's like typical resort course: flat, a lot of water. A lot of like sand and palm trees, whatever kind of trees they have down there. But I think they're palm trees. The the back nine was actually pretty interesting. They have three par threes and three par fives on the back nine. So um, and like one of the par threes is only like 130 yards. So a lot of gettable holes. Um, but at the same time, like I think there's one or two par fives that like aren't they true three shot par five. So it, it was actually some interesting golf down the stretch. Tony just 
completely looked like he was out there having a Sunday stroll, just not making any mistakes. I think I saw him make one mistake. He kind of like butchered a sand shot at one point, left it on the fringe, but then putted in from fringe from the like fringe, a twenty five like, footer, yeah, 25 three feet. feet break left to right. Yeah, like, he couldn't miss. So good for him. I mean, he had Rom breathing down his neck, and he just stood strong. You know, I was watching. I think on Friday or maybe Saturday, Rom was kind of making a run up the leaderboard, but then ended up like like pretty much hooking a short iron on a par three into the water, and then he hit his drop. He also hooked that into like the greenside bunker, ended up getting up and down for like a double. But, you know, like I've been saying, I'm kind of waiting for this moment where Rom just like, he has like an ultimate collapse because he's been playing so freaking much over the past month and a half. Then I kind of thought that was where it was going to happen. Like Rom is like seven under at that point after the double bogey. And I think the cut was like two or three under. And I'm kind of sitting here thinking like, maybe this is his break. Maybe he has a mental break here. Maybe he even like misses the cut or something like that. And then look what happens, right? He rallies and all of a sudden, second place finish, shoots 20 under. Like, I don't know. The guy's got everything going for him right now. Yeah, admittedly, like the only coverage I really watched was tuning in late on Saturday when he's on 59 watch. Like, yeah. Just trying to see like what's going to, like is he going to you know, get to that number and you know post that you know mythical score almost that you know we see those guys chase sometimes. And like I felt like this event was really just like, it went exactly how... Any anyone at the PGA Tour, like headquarters, and you know Monahan, if he you know we ever hear from him again, would have hoped it would go. <laughs> I think he's still alive. Like it's just like it to me. It almost felt like this was the most inevitable thing. Like it's gonna be come down to Rom Fee now. It felt like it was like oh we're watching one of those Capital One matches. We're just having to deal with all these other people around <laughs> a little bit to me. Like it just so like it didn't capture capture me as much as I wanted it to. Even though like those two top 10 golfers, top 15 golfers, I'm not sure where Tony is currently, you know, ended up being there. Just It still didn't manage to draw me in. So with this being a non-designated event, we're going to see this a lot throughout the rest of this year and next year especially. Do we want these top guys there? I don't. Or would it be better? I mean, yeah, it's it's going to draw some eyeballs with Rom and Rom especially, Finau as well, big, big fan favorite now. But them going out there and winning, it's like that's what you are expecting to happen. And there's really no intrigue. Like, yeah, it's cool to see Tony kind of close out Rom, but outside of that, like this, this didn't really deliver many storylines at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, I mean, there were storylines there, like like Akshay and I know uh, Ben's guy Brandon Wu was sitting there as well, and it Colin's was, guy too. Okay, well, I don't know, I don't know whose guys are whose anymore, but it was like you, you saw that, but then you saw like they're both sitting there chasing Rom and Fina. It's like, all right, like. Barring them doing something unrealistic, just unbelievable, like it's just not going to happen. And like you saw it real quick, like Tony jumped out real quick and you know grew his lead to like five after like six holes. Yeah, he birdied the first hole and had a four shot. He took care of business for sure. You know, I think that for me it was enticing because I don't know guys going to tournaments every week as a top five favorite, and then like sometimes they miss the cut or they don't perform. And this is the second straight year these guys have just gone out and destroyed this course and really given like. Well, especially the fans that are there and then people on TV, two iconic golfers to watch in the final group. Like, I I don't know. I guess, you know, Tony, Tony's got to come back next year being the defending champion. I think Rom loves this event because he speaks Spanish, I guess. Maybe it's like a home away from home for him. It's not for, very far from where he lives either. But I think these guys continue to come back to this tournament. And if next year they're one and two, it's like, I don't know. I don't expect these guys to always perform at their highest level every week. And they just keep doing it here. It's amazing. I just feel like it's one of those events for them specifically that is unbelievably like almost low pressure. Right. Like it, it yeah, you're right. We'll see these guys show up and you know, you'll see a you'll see a Rory 
not to like really show, you know, throw shade, but going into like an open as the odds on favorite and then miss the cut at, you know, a course where he had, you know, set a scoring record or something like that. You will see that, but there's so much pressure when you have all those other guys where they're in are like, I'm here because I, you know, I committed to the event. I'm going to go do it. I, you know, I, you know, previous champions, all that kind of stuff, but it's not like, it doesn't feel like there's any real pressure on them other than just go out and swing freely, which almost I think leads to them being able to go back to back one, two yeah, so I, easily. I think it speaks to, especially Rom, like just the competitive fire that he has. I mean, this is two tournaments in a row where he's basically been on autopilot, ready to miss the cut and nobody would bat an eye. Cause it's like, he just won the masters. He, you know, take a rest, go relax a little bit. And then he just flips a switch and it's like pride is just carrying him to the top. And we saw him ball out on Saturday post a ridiculous round to get right back into contention. But, you know, a tournament like this that these guys are, you know, low pressure, there's no reason for them to show up and perform at the highest level, but they just, they can't turn it off. And especially Rom, who's done that now a couple times. And props to Rom. I mean, he made the effort to come back here as the defending champ, and he's not playing this week in an elevated event. Like, he basically chose the Mexico Open over an elevated event. I mean, he... He gets to skip one, I guess. Um, I don't know. I thought that was a pretty bold choice. Of him. Surprising to see him skip this week. I know the guy needs a break, but you're right to choose the next. I mean, defending champion, I get it, but over a twenty million dollar purse, that's a tough one, right? So we talked about Akshay Bhatia, like you know, an up and coming star. We had a really a good Facebook post uh, we posted on our story today. Make sure to go check that out, right? Kid was 17 years old, coming out of high school, decided to forego college, really just become a professional golfer, which you just don't see much anymore. I mean, there's a lot of really famous golfers that chose to do that, like Rory and Adam Scott and lots of big names. But college is seemingly the route for these kids now. They know they need to get a couple more years under their belt to mature. But Akshay's story is pretty cool. He won on the Corn Ferry Tour in 2022 in, in Bermuda. He had two more top tens in Bermuda on the Corn Ferry Tour this year. He came in second at the Puerto Rico Open He's this year. He had his like, girlfriend caddy for him like, randomly, right? Because yeah. his caddy couldn't make it or whatever. And, then, and, you know, in big events, she's not caddying for him, but she still gets on the bag for him in the Corn Ferry Tour. It's really funny. But, uh, you know, it's it's a cool story. Actually, his swing is beautiful. And he plays so well, like, south of the border. Like, you get him out. He's almost like Vic, like a resort player. Like, you get him out in the, in the Bahamas or in Bermuda and then in Mexico, and the guy plays great. Well, and, and to forego college and just put yourself right into that professional grind. Like, Corn Ferry Tour is not glamorous at all. Like, oh, no. I imagine these guys are <laughs> living out of their car, like, scraping it together to make ends meet versus you go to college for four years, you're like a superstar, and you're, right. you're, you're taking pretty well and, care of yeah. and very comfortable, comfortable life just outside of golf. But, I mean, I, I feel like this is definitely breaking the mold, him becoming a PGA Tour member, granted on a temporary basis, at 21. Yeah, it's impressive. And then, yeah, honorable mention, Brandon Wu. I was texting Colin because Colin's brought up Brandon Wu. He loves him as a golfer. And I noticed that he came in third here last year, or actually T2 with with uh, Finau and Kurt Kitayama. So the top three this year was almost a mirror image of the top three last year, which is pretty interesting, especially like not being a designated event and not having a strong field. I think that's something we're going to have to start kind of following. Like when guys play well in these events and there's not a huge field, I think the pressure is a really good point you make. Like Tony and Rom playing well this week when there's not as much pressure – I think that has a big deal. That's a big deal. Like these guys come to these events a little bit more family friendly. Like we saw Tony playing like nine with his kids after he yeah, won a like PJ Tour course. event. Yeah. yeah. Which is awesome. Like, you know, like Tony has that reputation, especially after like the full swing. Like yeah. the family man, like, but like a cool dad, like yeah. whole vibe. Is, thing is his family going. coming with him a distraction? Well, apparently you know, not. not. Yeah. yeah. He talked about that. How it was like a weird transition for him. He had to realize like, 
I am a family man and all these, and they didn't, he talked about this in the interview and he talks about it a little bit on full swing, but making the transition to like, my family's just going to be with me pretty much every time they can make it. And I think it's kind of working for him because I think a lot of these tour pros talk about like, how do you make golf, not your life off the course? Cause you're just going to kill yourself. If you're always thinking about your score and you're playing and he has his family that are being an outlet for him. Like he doesn't have to think about golf all the time. I was going to say after like that, a little bit of adjustment period, it's probably almost a huge benefit relative to other players, you know, speaking, you know, Cam Smith, you know, one of his reasons to go to live was like, he feels like he doesn't get to see his family much because the PJ tour being so like us focus, all that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, Tony's regardless of where he's going, he's just bringing his family. It doesn't matter. It's, you know, that kind of push and pull. And it's probably was a very weird thing comparatively, but I think, you know, we've seen that like a lot of these guys do just sit there grinding over, whatever happened on the course and they don't get a second to like let their mind decompress right. and they come back fresh. And Tony probably gets to do that at this point, almost every round. I, I don't know, man. They said on the broadcast that the Finau's rolled deep with 16 suitcases everywhere. <laughs> now, granted, they're not flying economy. Like I am I'm thinking about <laughs> waiting for 16 suitcases to come off the baggage claim. That's but a lot of baggage. That is a there. lot yeah. because they homeschool their kids. So like they bring all of that stuff with them everywhere they go. That's amazing. Yeah, but Tony's not the one homeschooling. Yeah, but he still has to like deal with the sixteen suitcases. I'm, I'm, sure, sure, I'm sure if he needs to get to a tea time, they're like, "All right, you go. We'll wait for the suitcases." Like, but Tony Finau didn't go to college. It's another example. Like he he was he a guy read. that didn't come up. Like it took him a while to kind of get his feet underneath him, and now we're seeing him be a great golfer. I think Akshay is kind of on a similar a similar trend. Finau's on big break. Bring it back, Golf Channel. Him and his brother, right? Yeah. So speaking of Tony, like, where does this win place him now? Like, I think by the rankings. He's the best American golfer statistically right now outside of Scotty. It's tough. I mean, I, you know, ranking Tony over like JT and Colin Morikawa. Max feels, Homa. Max Homa. Max Homa is the other one's probably going to play. It kind of feels like Tony's, Tony's there. Like everything about his game, I mean, it's tough. Like when the scores go low, Tony plays great. But his game looked very complete this week. He never really got, you know, even when he got out of place, he was very calm and collected. And I tell you what. Even though Tony's like really well known for how far he can hit the ball, he definitely doesn't hit it as far as he could. But his iron game is outrageous right now. It kind of feels surprising to me that Tony Finau's still outside the top ten. Yeah, looking at the world rankings, like Will Zalatoris is still there, so you have kind of put asterisk there because obviously he's not playing at this point. But you know, you've got Scotty Cantlay, Xander, Homa, oh, Cantlay, and Spieth, uh in terms of guys that are actually actively out on the tour right now ahead of him. So. I, th- I think we're maybe on the cusp of like Tony really breaking through, right? I mean, I think it's, I just think that we bring up Akshay and we bring up the nut going to college and being a professional golfer and grinding. Like Tony's finally getting to that point where he's so comfortable with his game. I think that one thing I'm noticing about Tony is like he is really committing to doing it his way. I've commented about his putting and how he keeps his hands so low and his toe off the ground. And that is like, that is not even maybe classically, maybe 30 years ago that was acceptable, but at today's standards, like with Sam putting labs, like it shows that does not give the truest role. Tony putted great this week and he's really committing to like doing golf his own way. I think that will be really important coming down the stretch of major championships. Like even guys that have beautiful swings like Colin Morikawa and JT, sometimes if you don't really own who you are and what you do on the golf course, like it can feel a little foreign coming down the back, like the back nine on a Sunday. Like Tony feels very comfortable in those situations. Yeah. And just like the rest of the top golfers, there's some unanswered questions with Tony. Yes. You know, it's the criticism is he can't win a big event. I mean, he won one playoff event, but outside of that, it's these kind of really low scores takes to win it. 
not quite as competitive fields, but you know, this week he goes toe to toe and puts down Rom. I mean, that's worth something. Uh, yeah, putting down Rom <clears throat> is says way more than anything relative to the event because they were playing together in the same group. You know, it has to look across, you know, the T box, whatever yep. it is. I think that alone is means more than two or three of his wins that right. he has. Like just because Rom is hands down at this point the player of the year. Like I don't think there's even a chance that anyone could catch him barring you know someone winning multiple majors, which, you know, is obviously next to impossible. I think Tony's got a chance. I mean as Scotty has a chance, but Tony's got you know, Tony's got two PGA tour wins now in this in this season. If he captures a major, it's he's in the conversation. Yep. You talk about Tony's uh playoff win too. That's a funny one. Like talk about like really like we still have questions about Tony. When he won that playoff event, it's because Cam Smith put his T-ball in the water in the first playoff hole. Like, he still mm-hmm. won, and he got into the playoff, which is amazing. But, you know, it's just like another one of those, like, little asterisks you kind of put at the end. But, yeah, we need to see him win a major, and I think all questions will be off the table. The other cool thing about this weekend was the fact how close Tony and Rom are as, like, friends. They look like the best friends, man. That's like, I agree with you, Tully. Like, he stood toe-to-toe with Rom and took him down with him breathing down his neck. But, like... If anyone's going to do it, I feel like it's Tony because he's they're such good friends. They play together at the same club all the time. Like I think John has publicly said that like he wants to be like he wants to be like the type of dad that Tony Finau is. Like that's great. Like, they're they're really close. So I literally text my wife say I want to be Tony Finau when I grow up. This so, yeah, I get it, John. I get it. It, it was cool to see them kind of like hug and embrace on the last hole because you know like they were genu- genuinely happy for each other. Yeah, I'm sure like the the small talk like under the breath, the cameras didn't yeah. catch it. Tony's like, "Good try, John." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I don't know if I realized that Tony's like a Scottsdale guy because I kind of just associate him with him being like a Utah guy. But I guess he does most of his training in Arizona. Makes sense. Uh, we brought up Cam Smith, uh, like with the Northern Trust that Tony won, and then we brought him up earlier in the conversation. But let's let's chat a little bit about Live Singapore. You know, I think Liv's kind of, it's definitely catching its groove a little bit, right? It's not competing with much golf around the world. Obviously, this was a weird event because it was like literally 12 hours different. So, I, I don't know, I was up late midnight on my phone kind of catching some early parts of the round, but staying around to the finish was tough. But they had a Taylor Gooch and Sergio Garcia playoff. I mean, you can't really complain about that. I mean, Taylor Gooch is an up-and-coming player. I think he was one of my favorite American players until he kind of transitioned to live. And then Sergio obviously gets the people going. I mean... It's a pretty good product Liv's kind of putting out there right now. Yeah, it really does feel like they're catching their groove. And it's, for me, I, we were talking about it a little bit before the podcast, Ben, but it's I find it really interesting that they seem to be catching a groove. You seem to start seeing these, you know, better guys, you know, at the top of the leaderboard, the ones we would have expected what we're looking for out of Liv. Now they've actually been playing consistently for a month. So in the, like in the month of April, they played four events. If you're including, they the must Masters. be exhausted. And I think Cam Smith said as much, didn't he? Cam Smith said his clubs felt like they were ten pounds, and it was hot in Singapore. <laughs> but still, Cam Smith's like back to back weeks. Like I need a break. Yeah, but it's just interesting, like how it's like, oh, like now that you're playing with a frequency at, like that you were used to, now they're you know those those guys that we want to be in the your top twenty, your top fifty, whatever it is, are rising up and showing that and. Like, I hope that it, this kind of does kickstart it. Because I would like to see just those guys succeed. And if those guys are succeeding on their tour consistently, then it's going to lead to them getting some sort of points and the majors figuring it out, all that kind of stuff, where we can still see a Cam Smith, a Taylor Gooch, yeah. et cetera, in all these majors. Taylor Gooch, I think, is kind of the poster child right now for this whole OWGR. Like, yeah. he's won two straight events, which, again, limited field, but still, that means something. Yeah. And he's... Obviously playing well. He should probably be in a major. 
and not have to go through open qualifying and all that. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what these uh, major organizations do to, to figure out a way or a path for some of these guys to get in. Admittedly, I do think he still has exemptions for <clears throat> most of the stuff this year because I think he was inside, like, the top 50 or whatever at the end of last year. Oh, at the year. end of last year, yeah. At the end of last year, but, like, next year is where he's going to have issues. Um, I think the OWGR stuff's really pretty interesting. I don't think it's as black and white as some people are saying. Like, I'm not a, I'm not being like a PGA Tour or a Liv fanboy right now. I just think that Liv kind of thrust itself onto the scene saying, we are going to be a 54-hole competition with, you know, players that don't have to qualify for our events. It's pretty much like an invitational, and we just expect to get world ranking points. Like, almost like Greg Norman duped these guys into coming, knowing, like, oh, we'll be able to sway them and get world ranking points. But they're, like big inherent flaws with kind of the model of live. And I, I think that's a big hurdle. I don't know. I think that there's a lot of pressure on the OWGR to get these guys world ranking points because yes, they are statistically underrepresented. Like Taylor Gooch is not the 40 something best player in the world right now. He's a top 15 player. He just went back to back weeks against talented fields, but there's a big hurdle here. I'm not sure the OWGR, it's like a chess match and they're playing hardball right now. I don't know if they're going to lay down to these guys. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting, and like Phil, apparently, you know, he came out recently, and obviously, take anything that comes out of Phil's mouth with a little bit of a grain of salt, because you know he'll say a lot of things. Phil's kind of feeling himself right now too. <laughs> but like, it's you know, he said like they've already started con- you know conversations directly with the various major organizations, because again, you know, those are separate from the PGA Tour, so they could, th- in theory, make some sort of exception of say it's the top five in live points, you know, could get in or something like that, which will be interesting to see how that develops i'm really curious at this point you know later this month lives coming to dc are, are we gonna just say screw it go and actually get a first-hand account of like what these events are like and how this feels i don't know i don't know i i it is so hard for me i uh, i do not want to go i could see myself going but i'm gonna need some help like committing to it i think but I don't know. Yeah, there's a ton of great golfers in the area. Like, it's tough not to go. But I think we go for professional reasons, yeah, right? Because I mean, this is our, you know, little little business here, not for personal reasons. We're not going there to have fun. We're going there just to scope it out. Uh, yeah. and we I might have a great chance I, to get a media pass here. Right? If, I, if I show up wearing black and pink, it's totally professional. <laughs> Did it for go the podcast. <laughs> I don't think I can get behind it, but I, I get the allure and I know there's some of the best golfers in the world. I just fucking hate live. I, 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 I think Ben, you are low key and we all know it. you're coming around. We get the We see those texts coming through. Y'all, you seeing what's happening over here and live. I like a playoff. Like, yeah, He's like staying up all night watching events yeah, like, over in Singapore. You just are, have an addiction. Okay? You've probably watched more live golf than anybody else in this room. Right. Well, yeah. Now. I just like watching golf. But. So like, I don't see what, what would stop you. Well, it's other than just the, it's, bittersweet too because you see these fields and this week like the leaderboard was pretty stacked and it's it's more like man i miss seeing uh sergio or taylor gooch or different guys like that on like brooks especially like whipping it up with some of the guys whipping on the it PGA out tour. Whipping it out. <laughs> but like and and you would get to see those guys regardless which is like again that's an interesting thing about and goes to the whole world we're offering no cut but like you're guaranteed to get to see those guys in some sort of fashion so i mean i i'm on team we should probably go just like it's within an hour drive of us kind of thing it's like i'm not giving my money to the fucking saudis you can give it to me and i'll buy your ticket screw them i agree we have to stand firm we are yeah you're not gonna this money colin you just got new range sports washing is not gonna work okay i know it's starting to sort of work but i'm putting my foot in the sand 
I'm going to get 17 texts from the yeah. next live golf <laughs> yeah. event over Ben's like, oh my God, you see this shot? Wait a minute. Me supporting the range goats is not me supporting live. Isn't Bubba like on the hook for that now? Don't they have to invest their own money or something? I don't know. Maybe I, I, you yeah, know, I, I know where you're coming from, but it does feel like an, in, it does feel like an indirect supporting of it, Colin. Colin well, supports small for business. For the record, right? <laughs> I have not purchased any range. Small, business, <laughs> okay. small business Saturday Disclaimer. on the pod. All right, let's talk about the PGA Tour coming up this week. we got another elevated event, right? We've been, we've been spoiled with elevated events this year so far. The Genesis was great. The Waste Management was great. RBC ended up even being great. I mean, we were there. It was fun to be there, but the ending was amazing with Spieth and Fitzpatrick. We got another one this week, although we'll be missing John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler. Interesting that they'll skip this event. I mean, it's a it's a venue I think a lot of these guys like. Quail's an amazing course. It'll go down in history as one of the probably top 15 American courses playing majors and then a year-in, year-out event. We know Rory plays really well here. He is not going to do any pre-round media pressers. I thought that was pretty interesting, being a three-time champion here. Rory came out with comments saying why he skipped the RBC. He said it was personal reasons and didn't elaborate at all. I think it's still kind of a huge question mark. In his head. I think he also said it was like mental health because he missed the cut. I don't think he said that. But I, it, it, there's still he a said huge, it in his eyes. There's still, a, there's, there's still a huge question mark. I mean, you got to give the guy a little respect. Maybe there was something going on. But, yeah, it seems like it's trending toward he skipped it because of the Masters. But... We still have a great field this week. Let's talk a little bit about the course, right? We went to the course in last September for the President's Cup, so we know it well. In fact, they were showing a picture of 18, and I was like, wait a second, that's 15. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like throw, so thrown off because the President's Cup, they reformat the holes so they can get the best holes, like make sure they, the players get to them if it's a, the match is a runaway. What are you guys' thoughts this week? Tell me who you're picking and then maybe what you're excited about. We know this course pretty well. I'm excited to see the Green Mile on TV after being there in person, like, that 17th hole was just so cool. It, it reminded me of like the atmosphere of uh, the 10th hole congressional, but more like area for like the fans to gather around the tee box than what's there. But you're kind of hitting downhill water, like in front wrapping around to the back of the green from the left side. It's a tough shot. It looks, it looks pretty long back there from the tee box. I'm sure it's not, not too challenging for these guys um, unless they're pushing the tees way back. But um, from just standing behind the tee box and looking down at where the green they had that they had to hit on that 17th hole, it looked really hard. Yeah, I'm with Colin here. I'm just really excited to be able to go and watch those holes with a little bit more meaning to them because you know the Presidents Cup was a bit of a runaway for the U.S. team as expected. So it's I'm excited to watch those holes that are exciting, risk reward, have all of the drama on them, and see that actually you know mean something and cost you know somebody millions of dollars and things like and watch that unfold and it's like i think we, we've seen it before like the courses we've now been to watching them in any other capacity it just makes it so much more interesting and if you follow up obviously you know the mexico open i know you, you know some we've some people really enjoyed it, whatever. This is way more enticing to watch. So I'm really excited to actually sit down and be like, I'm going to watch golf for four straight days. I like that first tee shot. Like, I think that first hole is a lot of fun. Like, a dog, like, right par four with a mid-iron kind of into the green with a big slope. Like, we know so much about this course now. I mean, yeah, 18 is going to be a bear. But I'm just excited to see, like, the best players get back out there, right? It's been a little while, right? Since the RBC, we had the Zurich, which is just... You know, that and the Mexico Open are just kind of flops, but we understand, like, their purpose. But this is going to be good to see these guys get back out there. I think there's a lot of players right now that, like, really have something to prove, like Cam Young, Colin Morikawa. I mean, even, like, Tony Finau, if he were to win an event like this. Like, these are guys that 
we have like probably a dozen players right now, like Sung JM, right, who played pretty well here, and Max Homa, who played pretty well here, guys that really need to take that next step and have the potential to be some of the best players in the world. And I think in a, a win here at this course, right, as iconic as it is, it would really catapult them into that conversation. A guy that we've talked about, like, he's he's constantly in the slow play rhetoric, but Patrick Cantlay, right? You saw the news where LaCava. Joey LaCava is going to be on his bag, right? Tiger's caddy. And I think that the golf Twitter world kind of took this and spun this, like, oh, my God, Tiger's never going to play golf again. But it's like, no, Joey just loves caddying and, and Cantlay, I don't know, they must be friends. I'm not, I don't know how that how that happens, but... Cantley splits up with his caddy, and now Joey LaCava's in the bag. We saw that happen with Cam Young. He got Webb Simpson's caddy, and it kind of got like a third place at the the Dell Max play, and he's playing good golf. I mean, this could be the step and the piece that Cantley needed because we've seen him hovering on leaderboards, right? He played well at the RBC. We've seen him hovering all right for about played 45 well at, minutes. He played well at the Genesis, but he's kind of like that guy that you're like, wow, he's got everything. Like, his game is so complete. When is he going to start, like, winning again? Yeah, I mean, that was a definitely a huge storyline coming out today, like seeing that. But I, I think I also like almost simultaneously saw stories come out regarding like Tiger and like Jack saying like, no, Tiger has already told me he's coming back and going to be playing more. And so it's, I'm really interested, like my for my takeaway from the whole Joey LaCava thing is who is going to be on Tiger's bag six months from now. It's got to be Joey. But I don't, it, I don't it's a see permanent it. thing. Is it? It yeah, is a per- permanent. Like, t- Tiger <clears throat> gave his blessing and said, it's good, wow. I get it. Charlie will be on the bag. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm very curious to see how that ends up. Talk and about it, a 180 for LaCava out there, like when, when he's going to be carrying the bag. Like He's used to being with Tiger, obviously the most beloved professional athlete absolutely. ever, versus Cantlay, who's <laughs> arguably the most hated guy on tour right now. So. You know, definitely going to be a difference out there. I think this him. is a move by Cantlay's PR team. I think he just <laughs> needed to get some positive yeah. vibes. The fans need to get behind Cantlay a little bit. I actually He's Tiger adjacent. Now, I actually so. am a Cantlay fan. I think that the slow play thing's a little overplayed. I've talked about that, but I think that Cantlay as maybe as numb as his personality feels, like he had a good interview where I think he's actually a little opinionated and a little bit like more fun than we think he is. So maybe this will be I don't know. Maybe Joey Lacava brings a little bit more of that excitement out of it. Do him. you think he's got a little bit of what and Brooks Kepka maybe described himself as he didn't, he didn't, never felt like he could start saying things, and now he's finally getting to the point where he is going to come out, and now he's going to be like the new Brooks. I don't think he'll ever be quite that right. um, boisterous, so to speak, but do you think that's kind of what we're seeing come out of him soon? He has a bit of a villain vibe to him, right? He's kind of like the guy that, yeah. Yeah, he, he literally looks like he works on Wall Street. So Right, <laughs> and that was the whole thing with Brooks is like he was mean. Like I think Canley has a little bit of that vibe to him coming down the stretch if he's chasing you. You know, he doesn't make many mistakes. So I think he could definitely take on the Brooks role. I do appreciate that he's kind of leaned in a little bit to this slow play villain yeah. kind of thing. I mean, it, he hasn't come out and said, yeah, I'm a slow player, but he's definitely like, yeah, I'm very deliberate. I take my time over important shots. And, you know, if that means I take 60 seconds, then so be it. Like, I don't give a shit. You know what? Scotty Scheffler and Max Homa are also extremely slow. I'm just going to bring that up because they're not getting any of the spotlight. And I think Cantlay's handling this very well because this could, like, I don't know. I feel like this would derail someone. But Cantlay's like, listen, guys, like, a lot of guys are slow. I am particularly pretty slow. Paige, my fellow golfers don't really have that much of a problem with it. Like, I don't know. They're making it a big deal. The thing the thing that gets <laughs> oh, me. Oh, we talk about it behind your back all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the, thing, the thing that gets me with the slow play conversation, and I don't know who does and who doesn't do this on the tour. I remember Bryson used to do this all the time, and that's why people, like, really got upset with him is the fact that these guys stand there while the other people hitting. are hitting their shots, and they don't do anything. And then when it comes to their turn, when they should be ready to hit, that's when they start the conversation of like, what's the, my yardage? 
where do I need to land it? Like that can all be done ahead of time. That's a good point. I think at the Heritage, that exact thing really came to light because they kept talking about how Fitzpatrick is does that. Mm -hmm. He's done his pre-shot routine and he's hitting by the time the other guy's ball's in the air. Yep. And you know, that's that's definitely the further end of the spectrum. That's a little bit more difficult to do. That's just kind of how he is, but yeah, definitely definitely a middle ground for sure. You know, I think we talked about it previously about how it's going to be hard to like compare and parallel wins on the PGA Tour now because like if you won the Wells Fargo in 2022, it's a good win, but if you win it in 2023, it's a great win. And then 2024, it might not be elevated again. So it's it's going to be hard to parallel. But do you think, how big of a deal is it that Rahman and Scotty aren't here this week? Uh, I was just going to say, there's definitely going to be an asterisk with the uh, 2023 win because the two clear best players in the world are not there. So definitely not quite the same feeling. I as, feel like this would be like winning like an API or like a memorial. Yeah. Like those those They're tournaments that designated. are <laughs> those tournaments that are kind of like the B tier. Like you're always missing a couple players out of the top 10, not everyone's there. They're still great wins, but they're no like, you know, Genesis or players. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely don't look at it that way and it's coming from for me that's strictly because of what this course is and the history behind it. Like it's had it's been a a consistent host of a PGA Tour event for the last 20 years. It's hosted now a President's Cup. It's hosted a PGA Championship. And I think the course itself almost backs up, like, yeah, some guys are, you know, missing a tournament. You know, because we've seen it. You know, Rory's missed, you know, three different designated events or something like that at this point. And, it, you know, as much as, yeah, we'd love to Two, see him. All right. I know, I'm exaggerating because, <laughs> you know, we, we are a pro making fun of Rory on this podcast, but... It, no, it, we're not. Don't listen to him, Roars. <laughs> I know you're listening. But it, it kind of feels like there is a enough of everybody else here and enough just sheer talent and the guys that we want to see are still there that it's it doesn't it doesn't take anything away from me. It doesn't make it you know, there's a majors, those are their their own class step of everything else, and then it's these kind of like these those was the API your Genesis Memorial and now all these designated events, they're all that, you know, tier two level for me. You'd like to see Rahm and Scotty playing every week, but it's almost like when they're not here, one of them would have been in contention, without a doubt in my mind, probably both of them. But then you win this event, and it's a big storyline. So maybe we see a guy like we talked about, I don't know, Sungjae, Colin, Morikawa, Cam Young, some of these guys, Max Homa. You see them take this win. Then, you know, the more players we can get in that conversation for the top echelon, it only makes the Tours product even more impressive. So who are you guys picking? I know, I know you think it's a little bit of a chalk pick, but I love Max Homa this week. He's not playing his best golf relative to, you know, we saw him having arguably the hottest start outside of somebody named, you know, John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler to the season, you know, following the Masters. He's missed two cuts. Um, but this is a place where we, he's won before at Quail. He won the Wells Fargo last year when it was at TPC Avalon up our way. And then Avenel, by Avenel, way. whatever, you get it. Uh, Not the Toyota Avalon. <laughs> but as well as, you know, in his first President's Cup here last year, we saw him go 4-0, you know, go, working his way around the course. So you're, I feel like there's just so much value there at plus 2,900. He's not even in the top 10s for odds. So it just kind of feels like a you know a guy that you would expect to kind of turn it back around after some, some tough play and feels like there's a lot of value for Max. There. Yeah, I think we were talking about Max as a clear-cut top five, top three golfer in the world after that Genesis showing, and he's really fallen off. and Like it, extremely, like missed cuts, yeah, like two, not playing good two golf. Two missed cuts and like 
if there's forty three at the Masters. Yeah, if there's a tournament that he can get right and kind of get the train back on the tracks, it's this one. He's had so much so much success in this tournament and at this venue. So, you know, as, as being a Max guy myself and and love watching him play well, I, I really hope to see him kind of turn it around this week. And in a banger of a match against Tom Kim, right? Yeah, Tom Kim was playing some great golf. Had the crowd behind he was the him. President's Cup darling. And I think what did I think what did what did Max Homa win? He won like one up or something. One like up, I think but he, he went was to eighteen. Yeah, I mean, I think he was like four or five up at one point, and then Tom really put the works on him, and then Max held strong. So he certainly plays this course well. And yeah, I like his shot shaping ability. After we saw it, there's quite a few par th- par fours and par fives at dog leg, and you got to play some shot shapes. I'm going to take Cam Young this week. Uh, I just think he, we haven't seen him really since he made the caddy change and played well right at the, at the match play. He played okay at the Masters. Um, but this is a course that bombers tend to do pretty well at. If you look at leaderboards over the past few years, and Cam Young's a bomber, I like the way he hits the ball high and soft, like long irons into these par fives. I think uh, he played okay at the President's Cup. I don't know. He had in the four balls, I think he was playing with Colin Morikawa, who didn't particularly play that well. So maybe all that isn't put on him. And in his singles match, I think he lost one down. So... I don't think it's good for him. His President's Cup showing wasn't amazing for the, for like his anticipated uh, finish this week, but I think it was good enough where it looks like, you know, and also I think about Cam Young hasn't played this course right on the PGA Tour, but then he got to play it in the President's Cup. And you think about a lot of these young guys, course knowledge is really important. You see Tiger make the cut at Augusta with like a, like a literal robotic leg, and he's not playing very well, but he just knows that course so well. So you get... Get some of these younger guys a little bit more comfortable with some of these courses. I like to I like to see him play well. well let's not forget, Cam Young was the guy that gave us a nice little hat wave as we were cheering for him. Yep. You know, he gave us some real love there, so I love that pick, Betty. I'm going to pick a guy who has also had success at this course. Who you've been reading about? Former winner here. I have been reading about him. Um, <laughs> Ken. I have, we haven't heard about him in a while because he hasn't played since the Masters, but I know the Masters, everyone was on this guy because they heard that I had picked him for comeback player of the year. <laughs> it was Jason Day. Yeah. I mean... He's been playing great golf this whole season. He had a good showing at the Masters. He took two weeks off now, or I guess three weeks off now, resting that back. He's going to come back, be in good form. And I think he has a little chip on his shoulder after missing the President's Cup here last year. Um, he, he he would love to come out here and play well at this at this venue, um, place he's won before, like I said. So, yeah, Jason Day, I think he has a good chance this week. Yeah, I think after being there, I noticed that the greens here aren't outrageous. They are tough, and they have slope to them, but they roll, right? They're some of the best t- greens they play on tour. So you get a putter rolling hot here, Jason Day could easily make a run. They've got that whole, like, sub-air <laughs> system there, similar to Augusta, right? Yep. Yeah, definitely a chalk pick, but I'm going to go with Rory. I'm going to flip the script here. <laughs> Normally I'm rooting against him, but... I, oh my god, my heart's so warm! All we do is make fun of Rory. I on saw this a stat podcast. like, guys, give me a minute. He I plays it. this course better than basically any other player plays any course in history. Like you know, it's one of those top five kind of fluky things. I think it fits him well with his length. He himself has a lot to prove. Not only did he miss the cut, but then he no showed at the Heritage, and there's a lot of questions right now of like, where's his game? I know he's working two full time jobs as the CEO of the PGA Tour. And a pro golfer. And so a he's, father. He's, yeah, a father. That's, Three jobs. you know, a lot going on for him. But would love to see him kind of get right, get things back on back on the, the wagon here a little bit and kind of propel him forward into the remaining major season so that he can get himself back in the mix. Because that's great for, for professional golf with Rory being on the top and being in the mix in all these events. There's a couple comments. Well, there's one one thing, one equipment change this week. I don't know if you guys saw. And then one comment that I heard Rory make a couple weeks ago. It was actually at the Masters, and I think he's got, like, a different headspace now. But number one is he's ditching the Scotty. He's going back to the Spider. So, <laughs> um, 
Let me just say that last year on the PJ Tour, Rory had his statistically best putting year of all time, and then he changes putters in the middle of this season. Like mentally weak after like winning me. a couple tournaments. I mean, I don't know. I get these guys like they change equipment, like thinking. You know, a funny a funny um, case study for that is Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson has played with like ten different putters over the past few years, and they all like within like a tenth of a decimal all perform the same. Like he he can't find a butter that works better or worse. Uh, but Rory ditching the Scotty. There was probably something going on where he was trying to find a new putter to really kind of change the script at Augusta. Like he was just looking for something, but he's, I think he screwed his head back on tight and said, Hey, this, this putter, this spider has treated me really well. And then the other thing that I heard Rory talk about is like he, so he recently started working with this golf psychologist, Bob Rotella, who is like easily the most classically known golf psychologist in the world. And he, you know, wonder what they talk about, right? Cause Rory and any of these professional golfers just, they have everything. So what, what, what about the mental side of golf can you learn from a guy when you're one of the best players in the world? And he told Rory to just play like he's a kid again. Like, don't don't get so technical. When you get over the ball, just feel athletic. And I think I really like those things for Rory because I, the one thing about Rory is I think that mentally, like, he's not, good with, he's not good with a lead. He's good at chasing people down, but he's not great with a lead. But I like a Rory that goes out there and freewheels a little bit because, yeah, he's like – you see John Rahm shoot a course record in Mexico. That's the kind of stuff that Rory does. Like he just comes out of nowhere, right? Shoots a course record at Augusta on Sunday because he's just kind of freewheeling. So Rory with a little bit like of a new mental aspect of the game, playing like a kid again, free swinging, having fun. We could see him going on a little run. I really do. I would love to see it as much as like I love talking shit to try to get Ben riled up about Rory. Hey, Josh is 100% right. You know, golf is at its best when a Rory, a Tiger, you know, those names are performing, winning majors, winning tournaments, whatever it exactly is. I just, I do not see it for him this week as much as, yeah, this is, of course, he's comfortable with and all that. He, he, he Something's not right for him. Like, he's got too many things going on, whether it's his role as CEO as has been alluded to and all that kind of stuff. It, it's He just, he needs, I think he arguably needs more time away from the game. I think the, I don't know, for me, the pressure feels completely off now. Like, it's just kind of like Rory had a break, like a mental break. Not like he took time off. Like, there was just a clear break in Rory at Augusta. And I think he's just kind of sweeped that under the rug. Like, it just wasn't my year. You know, 12 months from now, you know, we could be like in the same situation because he keeps preparing oddly and doesn't perform at Augusta. But I think the weight is off his shoulders. The spotlight is kind of off of him now. Well, I guess Rahm and Scotty not being here, he's still the number one golfer. But it doesn't really feel like people are giving him much of a chance. He's not hes not the darling right now. It's Rahm and Scotty. All right, so we're looking forward to a good week. And then, uh, you know, in 10 or 8 days here, we have our golf trip. So we're going to do a little pre-golf trip talk. Next week we'll get a little bit more into it. We'll talk about some of the courses we're going to play. But we're going to kick it over to Telly because we got a 16-man crew going this year. We go between 12 and 16, but we got some new faces. But Telly is always good for a good old classic BPO ranking going into the tournament. Going into our into our round, so tell you we want to hear it. You're going to give us some tiers. You're going to give us who's in the tiers and what you think about everyone. Let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, if you want the the you know NSFW kind of not safe for work stuff, you're going to have to subscribe to the Patreon. But for now, we'll just kind of keep it a little <laughs> little you know G rated here. Um, you know, starting off, I don't want I don't want him to take any offense here, but I just I really hope this is the I hope you've gotten better since BPO Poconos. Is is poor Timmy? This this guy. I we're mean, going from bottom. So this to is top. our sixteen. Oh yeah, we're going bottom, bottom, <laughs> bottom up, bottom oh, up for geez. sure. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Timmy. I would have put you at the top. No, <laughs> Timmy, if you're listening, we love you. I don't yeah. know what Telly's thinking here. I, I, I love Timmy, 
arguably the, the, my favorite of the uh, Brunswick's that have come on this trip. Easily the best. But it's just, I mean, he, it, it didn't look great in his debut on the Poconos. So I, I just hope, <laughs> I hope he's had some time to grind over it. I know he's a, a new father. He had a kid you know, a little over a year ago or so. So Yeah, Timmy, the, the odds are against you stacked yeah, it, here. It, Usually once you have a kid, your performance goes yeah, down. Historically, what I believe in you. Tour, I so, believe in you. You know, it's nothing personal, but, you know, expectations are low. He, he's in our, our bottom tier, unfortunately. And then, then we've got the who the fuck are these people that I've never met tier. These um, are our newcomers. Yeah, these are some of the newcomers that I've never had the, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a good thing to meet them or not. Pleasure. I, pleasure. Don't, I don't know if I want to say pleasure. I don't, I, one of them is related to Colin, so it can't be that great. Uh, so <laughs> He's we, not even a mummer. My head was blown when I found out he wasn't yeah, actually I, a mummer. I still can't get over that. But, <laughs> but this, is, this is definitely going to be headlined by Seth, who Colin's, Colin, oh. Colin's vouching for. You're putting Seth at 15? Whoa, no, he's not. No, no, his ranking is actually a little bit. I would put him at a skill level strictly based uh, on what you've told he's me. He's just saying that you don't know category. He's in the, I, don't, I can't really comment on you because I don't trust Colin's judgment. Seth, I'm standing up for family here. I but told, Seth, him, it looks I told like, him what you shoot, and they don't believe it. It looks like Tully's got you 10th in the power rankings, yeah, but he's got I, you yeah, in the so, D category. So much better in the, the got you Better in the, in the power rankings, but I, just, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable putting him up there with some of these other guys until I've seen him play. Yeah, these rankings have a lot. They're not just golf, right? There are a lot. There are vibes. There, how are we going to be at the casino? You know, what, The one thing I've heard about Seth is that he is terrified to tee off in front of everybody, and I'm worried that he's another like Rory mentally weak kind of guy. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm just not feeling – I don't feel Rory. comfortable we're putting him up there with some of the, the savvy veterans that we have on this year's tour. See, Seth, if there's something we could build on here is that Tully just compared you to Rory McIlroy, so <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, the other one is another guy, a Walkersville guy, a guy theoretically I would know, but I don't, I've never met him, is, is Mr. Dudridge, Mr. Mr. Nick Dudridge. You know, this is uh, one that Ken is proclaimed as his favorite person of Zippy and his friends. I think he would have actually preferred him as a brother-in-law over Zippy. So it, <laughs> His it, words, not ours. Yeah, <laughs> this is just what I'm hearing. This is what the... Ken's brutal, what, what, man. What's the chatter that's going on out there? So um, I'm very interested to see this guy. He's getting getting some hype for uh, Rookie of the Year, so we'll, we'll kind of see... What I think he has good odds for Rookie of the Year. He's, yeah. a, he's I think he's a really nice guy, and I'm excited. He's a big boy. I'm thinking he's going to be hitting the ball like 300 if he catches it. I, I have no oh, idea. Expectations I, sky oh, high yeah. for that first oh, tee yeah. shot for him. My only descriptions that I got for him was a long-legged German, so I, I, I got nothing else to go off of there. <laughs> That'd be him. good for the beer drinking. Yeah, and, and then if we're going to switch to the uh, – now we got some people I know here, and it's the uh, stick-to-your-high-school-sport crowd. Uh, that, <laughs> I know that, who's coming here. Yeah, we, <laughs> we've got Chaz, who is uh, self-proclaimed as, once I start swinging uh, my baseball bat again, I lose my golf swing. Uh, Ken, don't take any offense here. We know you're trying, but you know we you've got you got other. Whoa. He's super busy right this now. This is our first. BCO he's super busy right now. Member. He's got a lot of things going on. So we got Ken coming there. <laughs> uh, another r- rookie here in in Mickey, and another one of the new father crowd. We've seen Ken beat his ass on the on the on the Instagram already. So I don't know what his mental headspace is. Here. I will say so. You're grouping these guys, but you have Ken at 12, and then Mickey at 13, which I was. Pleasantly surprised to see because Mickey did have one of those mental breaks at BlackRock. Ken beat him. Mickey had like an 11 on the last hole, so Ken should be one spot above Mickey. I know I know two things here. I know one, we drink a lot on this this trip. And I and the other one is that when Mickey plays, he's really good for the first few holes, and then he gets a little <laughs> bit too buzzed and he falls apart. So I, I didn't feel right putting again, you know, that more experienced Ken. He's been around. Yes, he's only got to ever miss around on any of our golf trip like yeah. events, but you know, he he's got the experience. And that that, that tier is going to be rounded out there by Zippy. 
you know, he was definitely rookie of the year last year on the, uh, on the golf trip. But I'm, I'm not sure how he's going to perform. He's now in, you know, some people are saying this is an environment built for him of yeah, yeah. gambling, he golf, and, home. And, and drunkenness. <laughs> but last year, he was truly on the home field in Ocean City. You know, he has, true. A, he has his own house. I don't This I is don't, an away game, but I think uh, Zippy's like, he's on the verge of being like sixth man of the year this yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very interested to see how he comes out. Um, the next year we have is the living in denial, thinking they and are convinced that one day they have a chance to be really good at golf. Uh, it's highlighted by myself, t- uh, Colin's child. You definitely Chuck. Lead, you lead this category. That's oh, for sure. Oh yeah, I, I have very high expectations <laughs> for myself that will never come true. Interesting. You put yourself ahead of the rest of the guys. I mean, I, I, I know, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, we Humble. have Chuck, who is a giant sandbagger and you know son to Colin. We have Eric, who once he gets outside of Cluster Spires, can't hit a fairway anywhere. Typically, Eric said he was like one under through fifteen holes or something at Cluster Spires, and I've never seen him break eighty-five. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things. Like something to prove there. You I'm, put you put him in a forward environment, he's just going to go to shit. We we've known that, we've seen it over the years. So maybe he's gotten his game right. I highly he's doubt like it. Ken. Wow. He's just comfortable with the grass at Cluster. So yeah, he gets it's, another it's really grass. Just can't yeah. The trees <laughs> look right. I'm honestly surprised Eric's in this category, not the stick to your high school sport category. Oh, that's yeah. a good point. Uh, uh, but he, I do think he's fringe. He's fringe. Eric he's is like this. Player. Eric is like this. He's, all, he's hopeless. Honorable romantic. mention punter. Honorable mention punter. Let's not leave that out either for him. <laughs> and then, then last there is Brandon. He, he really a once promising golfer. Yeah, yeah. He, he used Had to it be, going. Used to be up at the top. You know, he got stuck in D.C. where there's not a lot of golf courses for him unless he wants to travel. Really falling off. He, another guy about to get married. Who knows? Might have a kid. Whatever. I, I don't know what. Probably to, has one. I don't honestly. know what to expect from his game at this point. But you know, he 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 could surprise us. But you know, after having to miss a trip last year, you know, I don't know where he's at. So we're we're gonna keep him on the on the lower end. Brand's gonna um, go like par 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 quad quad. Yeah, it, it's it, you know, lot lot could happen there. I'm gonna take some exception here. I played with Chuck and Chaz recently. Chaz, I think wiped the floor with Chuck. So Ooh. I think those numbers should be flipped. That'd be a fun wow. little Chaz rivalry. has been grinding in the offseason taking yeah, but lessons softball season started that yeah. is true Chaz is taking is lessons true. softball yeah. season started Chaz's swings going to shit all this means is Chuck's gonna be asking me for more strokes yeah. this year yeah so, we were talking about the inevitable round where Chuck and Colin play each well other, and then Chuck the doesn't drink and yeah. mops Colin. Unbelievable. Yeah, Chuck's always an asterisk because he he is definitely the prime candidate to just be like, yeah, I'm going to have I'm going to drink today, and then has one transfusion that he nurses for 27 holes. And then kicks Colin's ass. Yeah. I look forward to those moments. Yeah. On the uh, your sh- so you're telling me there's a chance these these are the ones that you know they got a lot of upside these golfers you know we have a real chance to maybe you know break into that top echelon of players here headlined number three golfer on the tour this year is Colin Mummert third what? in the FedEx yeah. Cup point race yeah, wow is, oh my is, god how does that def- feel defending league champion you know of the highly competitive NCI league at Musket Ridge I mean you got to give the man some credit and you you, you got to respect no one the will game. ever call you a sandbagger at number three no 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 we still will there was you know so there was a ton of chatter about Colin being a sandbagger somewhat we started as more of a joke and then it kind of started to take on a life of its own and Colin's come out in the league and proven that he was a bit sandbagger baggy last year because oh, he's putting up like on. consistent 40 41s and he hasn't had like he only he hasn't had like a double bogey yet this season so colin i think he has some splaining to do that's that's the problem with handicaps right he's so consistent that his handicap never changes <laughs> so when you shoot your handicap every single round you're gonna play really well yeah 
That's, that's but he just hovers within like point one, like up and down. It never I mean, it's a good story, right? Because your golf game is getting better progressively. <laughs> but I think, yeah, you're starting to make some enemies in the golf league. Although I will say, not to take shots at you here, but <laughs> I was looking at your historical. You, you're playing really well, but I don't see a sub 40 round up there. Yeah, so, I don't have it yeah. in me. The guy's consistent. 40 to 42, yeah. he lives there. <clears throat> oh, he, he's got it in him. We're, we're yeah. going to see him break out at like a 37 this week after missing last last week at the league. He needs to make up some ground on some other guys we expectations they're high here for Colin plus we, it's the number three golfer now he's yeah. he's got a, we'll a see whole if he, extra we'll, level of confidence we'll see if out he, there. he has that mental fortitude or if you know he's gonna collapse <laughs> maybe that's a mummert thing and that's what we're gonna see with him and Seth I don't know I think <laughs> I don't I think know. Seth being there really does not play into my favor <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so either he's a bad influence <laughs> I wanted well, to make he's the worst influence we all know that <laughs> So Ken's not here. Um, we're talking about the league, and I'm not sure Ken will make it to this far in the episode. We'll see. He'll, he'll text us <laughs> if he does. But I wanted to give Ken an honorable mention because he was one under through two holes at Musket in the league on Thursday. True. And even through three. And I thought that was pretty impressive. He put up a 45. His trending right now is he's looking good. But I had to give him mad props. Being one under through two was pretty impressive. Not many people can say in a, like a competitive format they went 57-50-45 in their, you know, their three debut rounds there. So I, I do respect that. I just don't know if he can maintain it in the BPO environment. Talk about sandbagging. The guy started the season as a 17 <laughs> handicap for nine holes. Yeah, that was for 18, That's, damn it. Yeah. That was almost two. He's, a, two he's a 10. Yeah, he's playing he 10 right he now. He might have been counting his chickens before they hatched a little bit last week. I think he was one under through two, and he was fast-forwarding. Like, oh my I'm God. about to break 40. A I'm going to shoot oh a net God. 28. I, think, I will I take the some blame. Was I, racing. I did feed him a 12% double <laughs> IPA or triple IPA. Oh, he made sure to let us know. Yeah, so he, he was maybe feeling himself a little bit after that, but you know, other Kids, you were, you were saying great. last night you were the reason he played so well because I, I, of yeah, your catting I skills. Do, I, and now I, you're saying you're the reason hey, he Hey, watch your fucking turf there, bud. I all can right? do both. I, I, <laughs> That's my fucking job. Multi-town. Oh, you weren't riding with him. <laughs> I can <laughs> build you up, and then I can bring all you right, down. All right, Joey LaCava, so, back to hell off. Someone needs to talk Ken out of hitting a five-wood from 160 <laughs> yards. That's all I'm saying. I try to tell him. He doesn't feel comfortable with any other club. That's easier said than done, <laughs> for sure. I've now done it twice in back-to-back weeks, so I, I think he's starting to respect the uh, knowledge I have. Not that I understand what I'm saying. All right, back to your rankings. Yeah. Just had to give Ken a little shout-out. Yeah, yeah, Ken, Ken. Even uh, though he's got a new caddy, I'm done with him. Uh, uh, joining Colin in that, you know, you're telling me there's a chance. We've got Maimon. Uh, we've guys may have heard of him before. He's the chef on the trip. One of those guys that when he was in New York, you know, he would always come in saying, oh, I haven't played. I'm going to not be able to score, blah, blah, and then always comes out and shoots like low 80s, you know, sometimes would maybe break into uh, the 70s. Guys, gimme range is like 10 to 15 foot. It's it's exaggerated. Yeah, yes. and, and I think he has the best foot wedge in the game. So I, you, know, you got to keep an eye out for him. You know, we're not playing PGA Tour rules out here. We're definitely fluffing a little, but I'm like, Maimon's fringe here cheating. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that. Uh, and then of course we can't we can't leave out you know fan favorite uh, of Tippy you know he, he's going to be thrilled to hear that he's two spots behind Colin I think and he's here's gonna... where I want to step in <laughs> <laughs> Tyler has always been and will continue to be better than me what about half a stroke better than me I think Tyler just knows how to drink more consistently he doesn't get so fucked up on the trip <laughs> oh yeah that's true <laughs> I, I will say I like your rankings here Tully I think Tyler right he's had some episodes with the S word Shanks this yeah. year he's, yeah, he's, he's had maybe some demons. he's maybe trending a little flat right now and I think Colin's trending up so I think putting him where you put him is going to get a little chip on his shoulder and I hope he outperforms I'm hoping to inspire that young man but, you know, hopefully but really to what Colin going. just said you know Tyler kind of keeps it together or what you were saying he keeps it together he had the Shanks 
he worked through it and then shot a 39 or whatever on the yeah, back but, nine that round. But that was a so relatively sober round. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be able to those, fight through it after 17 transfusions. Those things linger. I'm just saying. And then the the last the you know it's a clear class above the above the rest of us and I hate to say it it's it's going to be the they need to switch switch hands here they need to trade clubs it's it's got to go with you know Ben at number one and Dub at number two it's you know they are the, well I tried playing one handed last year and was still beating people you so beat Chuck on a par three do? well I need you to use the right handed clubs <laughs> you beat the seventh ranked golfer on a par three one handed. <laughs> It's true that was that was pathetic to watch, but it was really entertaining. But I mean, we all know it. Ben's the best golfer on the podcast. He's the best golfer that comes on this every year. Dub's been chasing him for years. You know, maybe this is the year he breaks through. Now that he has a new wrist that's bionic, similar to like Tiger Woods in his leg. I don't know what's going to happen there, but yeah, they're they're significantly better than the rest of us. And you know, it, it sucks. I was going to mention. I texted Colin this week and said Dub was flying pretty fucking high after he beat me in the league this week. <laughs> Sitting on that nineteenth hole, he was pretty chatty. Let's yeah, just say. I believe it. Well, that's well, after he wasn't shit on by the I've been <laughs> shooting like forty fives or whatever. So I finally, you know, figured things out. I was worried I was going to drop to like four or five in the Not podcast. Not to mention, you recently there. beat the pro at a scramble, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, Danny yeah. McCarthy. So, Look out. Yeah, tell us about that, you. Dub. So Dub played in a little scramble at Argyle Country Club. And who was there? Denny McCarthy, local uh, local hero. Yeah, local, local legend. Best golfer from Maryland in probably 30, 40 years. Yeah, outside so of Ben a, Martinez. Yeah. Yeah, right, dude. I used to play, I played in events when I was young with Denny. Oh, my God. I'm out here shooting like 676, 77, like as like a 13, 14 year old. And Denny shoot like back to back 63s and beat the field by 20. I mean, the guy was just different. Yeah, so beat the pro challenge. You, you donate some money to charity and have a chance to, uh, you know, win some money. But you got to, put it inside his ball and we step up there hearing like three groups before he had made a hole in one and he had like stuck three shots and so I walk up there and then blacked out for probably 15 seconds and then next thing I know my ball was on the green so I I felt really good about it where and was it on the green can you give me like a distance feet so actually I mean I flushed this ball probably the best iron shot I've hit in months it hits up by the hole like 10 feet right spins back like 35 feet because oh, she's a bit of a so I was like you know it was a respectable shot and then he gets up puts it in the the back bunker and so i i walked away victorious that's kind of like one of those ones where like damn the spin got you but nobody can fucking spin the ball so that's yeah. like pretty fucking impressive i don't know i've been pretty nippy on the greens myself all right i should have brought that up <laughs> Well, nice. Well, that does it for our rankings. We will be back next week to talk more about our golf trip and then the results of the Wells Fargo. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. If you haven't yet, head on over to our Instagram, the Big Players Only Pod, and check out our Facebook page, the Big Players Only Podcast Facebook page. We'll see you next week.